So we are in, I believe, week three in this series, simply called Be Real. And the reason why we've called it Be Real is because it's all about how we can live a real, genuine, authentic Christian life, even outside of church time, right? Like, right, it's easy for us to sort of be real when we're at church, you know, we're, we're hearts and our minds are prepared. We've got the Bible with us and we've got some other people with us and, and we're singing together and that's easy. But, but what's difficult is to be real all the other times. In fact, I, I use this be real based on a, on a social media app. A lot of youth use it and it's simply called Be Real. It's a Be Real app. And um, this app sends out notifications um, once a day, and it says, time to be real. Just time to be real. Wouldn't it be great if we got a notification as, as Christians throughout the day? Time to be real. Need to be real. And it gives a user two minutes to post a picture of what um, they're doing at that moment. And so the app takes a picture on both sides of the camera. And, uh, and so it just shares that, uh, that to uh, the social media uh, platform. But um, the purpose of the app is to capture an authentic, unfiltered snapshot of a user's life. And so wouldn't it be awesome if we can approach a Christian life at any given time, there's unfiltered, unrehearsed snapshots of our life. Now some of you be like, man, I don't want... I don't want that to happen. And I understand. I've been there. Trust me. When someone cuts me off on the road, I'm like, oh, you know. And that's, I guess that's one reason why I don't put a Lake Point Church sticker on the back of my truck. Because people will be like, you know, that, I don't want to go to that church, you know. And it just happens to be the pastor, right? And, but we, we need to live our lives as if at any moment there's a snapshot. And you know what? There actually is. And what it is, is, is just the Holy Spirit, it's God the Father, because He is there with us, especially if we have invited Him to be Lord and Savior of our life. So, so how do we do this? Well, our main passage for this series is from 1 Timothy 4, chapter 12. 1 Timothy 4, chapter 12 says this, don't let anyone look down on you because you were young, but set an example for the believers in your speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. So don't let any others look down on you because you're young. Now this is the Apostle Paul telling young Timothy, who's a young adult, who is a, is a pastor of a church. And so he's just encouraging him. Look, you can be an example. Okay, you can be an example. And, and whether, he's talking about youth and age, but, but this can also be, be taken in regard to youth in, um, in the gospel, like uh, of accepting Christ as Savior. If you are young in your faith, this is also for you as well. Now, it's a little bit easier for those, maybe if you have, uh, if, if you've been a Christian for a while, to sort of be that, be that example. Maybe you've done it for a few years, you've messed up, you've, 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 um, you, you've uh, fixed that, and you continue on with your life. But for believer, young believers, a young in the faith, not in the age. It's difficult sometimes to be like, man, I'm, I'm just new at this, right? I'm new at this. How can I be an example? It's like when you, take, when you start a new job and you're like, I can't be an example. I'm just start trying to learn the ropes. 
that you can be an example. And Paul is encouraging you. He's encouraging all of us to be an example in five areas of our life. In our speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. And so week one, we talked about the speech. What does it look like to be real to be an example for the believers in our speech. And we looked at how the tongue is something that is very important to control. The tongue is like a spark. It can, it can set a forest fire ablaze so your tongue can do that. And so we need to make sure that with the words we say, and not just the words we say, but the words we type in social media, in, our, in texting, those words have to be wholesome, and those words need to give life, not tear down. Oh, there's, you, I can't tell you how many, <laughs> how many text messages, how many social media things. I typed it and it's like, oh, I shouldn't send that. No, I shouldn't send that. Let me, let me erase that or just not send something, anything at all. Because I, I need to be reminded that my words need to bring life, need to give life to people, right? And um, so we talked about that week one. Uh, last week we talked about uh, conduct. How do we conduct ourselves? Um, and we looked specifically at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. And you can go back and watch or listen to that sermon at lakepornoonline.com. But in that message, we talked about how we can conduct ourselves. And Paul gives us five elements that will help us display our true intent as followers of Jesus. To conduct ourselves in the way that God gets the honor, God gets the glory. So this week, we now turn our attention on how we can be an example to the believers through our love for them. Now, in our house, uh, you know, Suzanne and I, we like to be an example of what a marriage should look like. Because guess what? We've got, we've got people watching us all the time, okay? And meaning our kids, and so they're always, they're always around us, right? And unless they, they don't want to be around us, which in teenage years, I mean, that's, that you, they just go to their room or, you know, go to the Xbox or, you know, go outside. And we, we get that. We understand. We're not as cool. We're not, we're, we've kind of lost the cool factor on that. But Suzanne and I, we really try to be an example for that. And so uh, we, we, we don't really, you know, have arguments and um, no fighting. And, and really, all, the reason why we don't have fights is, is Suzanne tells me what to do and I obey. And that's really simple, right? No, it it's, it's goes deeper than that. We, we want to be an example for them because we want their marriage to portray those same qualities. And they're going to repeat what they see what they watch. Uh, uh, Suzanne's, uh, Suzanne has great parents, and there are some, uh, uh, some things about their marriage that she's like, you know, I don't want that in, in, our, in our marriage. And there's some things about uh, the marriage with my mom and dad growing up. And I'm like, you know, I don't want that in my marriage as well. And so we've been able to adjust that, but we want to be an example for, the, for our kids. And it's the same way in our interactions of love to other believers, the followers of Christ. Love for one another is the gold standard in living out the Christian faith. Now, this is what marks us as different from the world, okay? In case you haven't noticed yet, the world doesn't automatically operate in love. (laughs) You notice that? (laughs) They don't. 
The world, meaning those who, who, who haven't professed Christ as Savior, who, who have given their heart to him, who aren't led by the Holy Spirit, and those who aren't walking in the Holy Spirit. But this is what sets us apart. And if we look at John, if you want to turn your, uh, your Bible, either your written copy or your, um, your uh, digital copy, we're going we're gonna to be in John chapter 13. Now, now um, we're actually going to be, and this is just a couple of verses, but our main passage, uh, our main book, our main letter is actually going to be in 1 John, which is really kind of towards the end of the, of the Bible. And so... But for right now, let's look at John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35. And this is, um, Jesus is talking about. This is the words of Jesus. And new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. As things get worse in this world, many will need to see the love in the body of Christ. They're going to want to see, okay, I see hatred, I see confusion, you know, I see people tearing each other's, uh, other, other down, you know, I see these factions happening. Where is the love? Where is the true love? And eventually the world is going to realize the true love is in the church. If the church treats one another in love, as Jesus uh, tells us. And the disciple that knew a lot about love was John himself. John was one of the disciples. And, um, and in fact, the Bible says uh, he, he describes himself as the disciple who Jesus loved. Okay? And so John knows all about what love is. In fact, in, in the gospel of John, he really approaches his view of Jesus in, in sort of the, the viewpoint or the filter of love. And then if you look in his letters, which we're about to go there, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, it's about love. And so as we go on to, um, if you want to turn to 1 John, chapter 2 is where we're going to be hanging out, uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3. And 1 John, I need to go there myself. And so, um, as we look at this, we can learn that um, some things about develop um, a, about how to walk in love. So John, John did this, and he knows it, and he he got to see firsthand how Jesus did this. And so John gives us some ways that we can do this. And so, what are those ways? Um, well, let's look at the first way. First John chapter 2, verse 3 through 6. And it says this. <clears throat> we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. So before we can show love to other people, and this is going to make perfect sense, before we show love to other people, we've got to have a love for God. You know, in 
our world, and really Satan himself, the, the ruler of this world, has hijacked the word love. Free love. We need to just love one another. It's respect. And, and we do need to love one another. Okay? But the world's definition goes even, even further. And the fact that, you know, we, we've got to not only love people, but we have to accept and approve of their lifestyle. And if you don't approve of their lifestyle, then you don't love them. That's what the world says. And you have probably realized some of that, especially if you're on social media. But that's not love. Now, we need to start with love, but we also need to show people love by showing the truth backed up with God's word. But the world has this sort of fake love, this superficial love, skin-deep love. Because they don't, love, they don't have a love for Jesus. They don't have a love for God. You can't truly love people the way Jesus loved them unless Jesus is inside of you. Unless Jesus is right here in your life, in your heart, and you have invited him in. Okay? Let me make sure you understand that. We cannot love others the way Jesus loved them unless Jesus is with us. Okay? And so we got to make sure we understand that. So we have to have a love for God. Now, how do we develop this love for God or this love for Jesus? Well, he talks about that in, in, um, in this verse we just read. Number one, we got to obey God. John tells us that obeying God is a way we show and develop that love for him. It shows trust in the almighty God. If you're not sure how to love God, it starts by obeying him. If you're not sure, well, how do I love God? You just obey him. I mean, that right there, even in our family, in our household, that is a clear picture of where our kids stand if they, if they obey us. If they're not obeying us, then are they really showing love? Do they really have that deep love? And over the years, some of our kids have, as they develop and as they get older and they mature, they understand, you know what? My obedience, my respect to my parents really goes hand in hand to my love for them. If I love them, I'm going to obey them and I'm going to respect them. Now, obviously, if we're if we're raising them within godly principles. And I know that, you know, there are kids in certain homes that, um, you know, some parents don't really treat them in a godly way. And that's a whole other story. But our obedience to God is tied to our love for him. If you want to develop, and love is something you develop, it doesn't just happen. You need to develop it. If we want to develop our love for God, we simply obey him. You know, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey you on this. I'm not going to choose my own way. I'm going to obey you on this. 
Now, how do we obey God? How do we know what to obey? Well, John just talks about that. Again, also, you obey his word. You obey his word. His written word that he has provided for us. Now, it's hard to obey this word if you don't read this word. So you need to read this word in order to know how to obey it. Now, when I get, when I get something new or if I order something in, you know, Amazon or go to the store and order something and it's something that I have to put together, I don't like reading instructions. Okay? I just don't. There might be some guys here um, who you don't like reading instructions also. And you just like to get on with it, right? All right. I, I see the picture. We're good. And then when, when I do put this thing together, and, and I still haven't learned my lesson. When I do put this thing together, there's something that just doesn't work almost all the time. It's because back in step three or step four or whatever, I didn't put this gadget on right or didn't put this screw on or whatever, and it just doesn't work or it's tilted or, or whatever. And then what do I have to do? I have to go back and take it apart and redo it and follow the instructions. We try to live our lives without the instruction, without the manual. And when that happens, we go back and we're like, okay, something's out of whack, right? I'm just, you know, I'm, why am I always angry, <laughs> right? Why am I angry all the time? Why am I always frustrated or, 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 or whatever? I just, I just can't get my life going the way it should. Well, maybe it's because you need to go back to the manual. And as we obey God's word, we fall in love with God, you know, and this is written just so that we can know about God and also set parameters in this life while we live in this sinful world. So, John tells us there in, in chapter 2 to develop a love for God. Okay, that's how we, we've got to, in order to love people, we've got to love God. We've got to fall in love with Jesus first. That makes sense. I mean, that's just the first thing. Okay? The second thing John then gives us more instructions in uh, verses 9 through 11. Same chapter, verses 9 through 11. It says this, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister. Now, this is, again, they're talking to Christians, okay, other, the other people in the church. Hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. John is not saying we live in darkness because we hate our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's not what he's saying. But rather, he's saying this, because... We live in darkness is the reason why we show hatred for our brother and sister. Okay? We don't, if we hate our brother and sister, that's not what causes us in the darkness. Okay? We choose darkness and then, and we choose not to walk in the light, and then because of that, the byproduct, we have hatred for our brothers and sisters. We're short with them. We're frustrated with them. We're not on the same page. We put ourselves above them. 
Love cannot come out of darkness. It can't. True love, godly love cannot come from the dark. We need to stay in the light in order to be truly an example of love to other believers. When we stay in the dark, then we show love the way the world shows love. Because remember, the world, it's, it's a superficial love. It's a fake love. It's a, it's a, it's a skin-deep love. And they're walking in darkness. Okay? If we're walking in darkness and we try to show love, we're showing love the same way the world shows it. And this is the way the world shows love. They have stipulations. They have agreements. They have expectations. So what does it mean to stay in the light? Well, we already discussed this earlier, is, is to obey God and, and read his word. And, and this, this word is a lamp unto your, our feet, a light unto our path. It is the light. So we can stay in the light. Another way we can stay in the light is to fellowship with other believers. Okay? Recently, we launched our life groups. Okay? The, the, the sort of restructuring of our small group systems. And uh, we have a couple of life groups that are just about to get started. We have some other life groups that are building. And uh, Pastor Terry and I have been working through that. And it's, it's exciting. And, and you being here today is, is awesome. And I know there are some people who are watching who can be here today. But when you are here, you are bringing light into your life. You're walking in the light. And then you could be a part of a life group. You are walking in the light. You are doing life together. And so it is an opportunity to walk in the light. If you're here today and, you, and, and, and maybe you're listening online and if you've not made the decision to follow Christ and maybe you have experienced love that comes from walking in the light. Maybe you have experienced someone in your life who has the light of Jesus, who cares about you, who invited you here today, or invited you to watch, or shared, um, shared our, our website, or this sermon, whether it be audio or video. You, you have someone in your life who has the light of Jesus, and maybe that person has invited you. Or maybe you've experienced that love and, but there are also some here today, maybe if you haven't accepted Christ as Savior, you have also experienced love that comes from the darkness. And that love is not true love. It's not godly love. It's superficial. It's a fake kind of love. Love from the light is explained. And I love this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7. This is called the love chapter in the Bible, and just look at these uh, attributes. Love is patient. Remember, these are, these are attributes of love that comes from the light. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And then later on it says, love never fails. True love never fails. That is love that comes from the light. Church, that is how we show love. 
to other believers. And really, outside of that, but we're just going to focus on believers. Because I know this, the reason why there's empty seats here today is because the church, and I'm talking about just Lake Point Church, I'm talking about the church, a big C church, okay, the bride of Christ, we haven't always shown true love to one another. And because of that, the outside world says, hmm, I don't want any of that. I got enough drama in my own life. I don't want any more drama. I don't want any part of that. They're just a bunch of hypocrites. And so, we want to make sure we show that true love. So, John, the way he tells us to, to, to love one another, is first of all, we got to develop a love for God, a love for Jesus. We got to stay in the light. We cannot walk in darkness. We've got to stay in the light, stay in his word, stay in fellowship with other believers. Keep that life flowing. And then the other example we see is in uh, verse 15 through 17, same chapter, verse 15 through 17. And it says this, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So what John is saying in this is we do not need to love the world. We do not need to love the word. If we're going to show genuine love for others, that we don't have, we, we cannot have room in our hearts for the love of the things of the world. If the love of the things of the world are in our soul, in our, in our life, then it's really difficult for us to really show the love of Jesus to our brothers and sisters. And so, what are some of those things? What, how do we have a love for the world? What John, again, tells us. First of all, the lust of the flesh. Lust of the flesh. Um, this is referring to what the body desires, okay? Your body, your desires. <clears throat> this generally means anything craved excessively or inappropriately. So if you crave something excessively or inappropriately, all ranging from food to sexual impurity... That's what loss of the flesh is, okay? So it's, it's basically anything you desire that is inappropriate or excessive, okay? Like I, I was sharing with the youth on Wednesday, and I, I, I'd love me some Oreo cookies. I love Oreo cookies. I remember a day long ago, <laughs> can't do this now, but I could eat a pack. I mean, I just the whole, just rip it up. And I love it that they just have that flap where, I mean, it just, it opens, right? And it's easily accessible. And that's, I mean, Satan came up with that. I mean, literally, he did. I mean, just, let's just make it easier for people like Frank, all right? Let's just rip that open. And he just grabbed those things so easily. And then, and then a glass of whole milk. Not the cheap, not the 2% or the 1% or the skim, whatever. No, no, let's go for the, the big stuff, all right? The whole milk. And just let that dip it in there for like five seconds, okay? 
do any more than that, then it, it gets soggy and it just goes down. But about five seconds maybe. And you just put it in your mouth and mmm. It's so good. So good. Now, if I were to eat like two of those, three, I'm good, right? But the whole Oreo cookie thing, it's a little much, right? In fact, I would go into a diabetic coma if I did that now. But there was a time, man, I could do that, just eat the whole thing. Now, I'd fill up the next day and be like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, it's a little excessive. And I know we're kind of making fun of that and it's about food and stuff. But there are other things in our life that we treat kind of like Oreo cookies. Man, if I could just, if I could just have some of that. But I can experience some of that. And it just gets bigger and bigger and it gets more. It, 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 the problem, the problem grows in our life. That is the lust of the flesh. Then he talks about the lust of the eyes. It not only refers to things we literally see, but those we imagine are pent, put our mental eyes on. The lust of the eyes. Okay? Scripture, this, this passage, the, uh, the Greek word in this, is, it, it's all about the, uh, you know, the mental eyes too, the, that, we, that we imagine, the things that we imagine, okay? Uh, lust of the eyes, the thing that we can make up. And it's really easy to sort of make things up. And we watch certain movies or watch things online. It's more than, it's easier now more than ever to imagine those things. So lust of the eyes and then pride of life. Okay, meaning sinful desires which bring attention to ourselves. Okay, meaning we're, we're bragging about ourselves. We're bringing attention to ourselves. We're walking in pride. Okay, so if, if, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the things we imagine, and the pride of life is, is so permeating into our soul and our heart that guess what? We're, we're loving the ways of the world. We are walking in the world. We are just doing what the world does. And guess what? Church, we need to be different. We are set apart. That's what holiness means. Holiness means we are set apart. We don't need to walk like that. Christ died on the cross so we wouldn't have to walk like that. We have freedom to walk in Christ. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to not walk in the ways of the world, but walk in the ways of Jesus. So, if we want to be an example of love to the other believers, then... We need to develop a love for God. It takes, it takes developing. We've got we to gotta work on that. Work on that love. And that, that's all about obedience. God, I'm going to do what you say. Enough of doing what, I'm, what I want to do. I want to do what you say. I want to follow your word. I want to follow what your word says. I don't want to follow my own thoughts or, or this, what this world is putting in my mind that's confusing me. I don't want to follow that. I want to follow what your word says. Because your word never changes. This world's going to change. But I want to follow you. I want to obey you. And then also stay in the light. Stay in the light. In God's word with other believers. Anything you can do to bring light in. When you're driving down the road. Okay. Put on some Christian music. When you're working out. Put on some Christian music. Or listen to a podcast. Or listen to your pastor. I listen to our pastor. I do. At least one. I mean. 
Once a week, I'll, I'll go back and listen to my message. Why? Because I'm, I need to hear this also, right? I, I'm with you. This, is, this sermon ain't just for you. It's for me too. And so as I'm listening, I'm growing, and I'm bringing light into my life. And then, do not love the world. Don't live as the world lives. Lives as Jesus. And then the fourth and final thing, and this is going to go us to chapter 3. So turn over to chapter 3 of 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. And it says this. This is how we know what love is. Okay, so he's describing this. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Wow, it's pretty heavy. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Remember, John was a disciple. He knows more about love. He, he, he looks through the lens of love. He learned it from Jesus himself, very close to Jesus as he walked with him. And he says this, we need to love with action. We need to show our love. Not just talk it. We need to show it. We need to show our love. We need to make sacrifices. John offers a direct application to show God's love abides in the believers in the form of a question. And again, a question, which is found in 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? How can the love of God be in that person? You know, Mission Christmas, we have an opportunity to help kids have a Christmas. And they don't, they're not going to have one unless we help. Now, it doesn't bring pride to us. In fact, with the way Mission Christmas works, is that we met everybody at Lake Point Station. We have a free breakfast. Families, the kids, they bring their whole family. It's a free breakfast. We're, we're sitting with them. And then we dismiss the kids to Lake Point Station where they have fun with other volunteers and some of the workers at Lake Point Station. And then we close the doors and we say, all right, parents, here's the deal. Um, when we go shopping and you buy these gifts, these gifts are not coming from Lake Point Church. We want, our, we want the kids to think and to know this came from you as parents. Or if you want to throw in Santa, that's your prerogative. You could do that. But, but this came from you. So we do this not to elevate our church. We do this to elevate the parents, to put the parents in a position where they can feel supported. And then we go shopping. And every kid has a $100 gift card, Walmart. And some of you, and you've done it in the past, some of you adults will go shopping. Some of you youth, you'll be playing with the kids at Lake Point Station. Adults in this room, you will go shopping with, a, with maybe a single mom or, or struggling uh, set of parents or maybe a grandparent. You will go shopping with them, Walmart, Ackworth, and you will help them spend $100 on that kid. And at the end, you get to, you get to help them out. 
And then we come back, wrap the gifts. Kids, kids think the, kids, the parents went shopping for Christmas. And there was just a, a time for them to play, which is what it is. But I really feel like everybody in this room has the ability to have a Christmas and also help another child in need. And so you're going you're gonna to be able to have that as starting as early as next week. We'll tell you more about it. There are homeless people as the weather gets colder. Notice the weather's colder? Yes. Have you ever slept outside? I mean, again and again and again and again. Um, they need gloves. They need hats, beanies. They need stuff. You can provide it. You can provide it. There, there are people in our church who are helping other people in our church. There are people who had an extra car. Hey, you could borrow this for a while till you get back on your feet. There are people who have, who have other possessions. Hey, you, why don't you borrow this for a little bit? Or you can have this. I don't need this anymore. I mean, that is love, folks. That is love. When you can help someone in need. If you have something someone can really use, then give it to them or let them borrow it. And even, I would even say this with no strings attached. That is the love that John is talking about. When Jesus died on the cross, he gave his life up freely. You can accept it with no strings attached. He was the example of love. He was. And so if we are going to be, if we're going to be real as Christians, we've got to show love to one another. But first, we've got to develop that love of God by obeying his word. We need to stay in the light, bring light into our life, into our day. We don't need to walk in the ways of this world. And the result of that is you're going to see love put into action. You know what? I got this. I got this for you. You can have it. Or you can borrow it. Or whatever. And so that is, that's love. You don't have to turn there, but in, in one more chapter over, chapter 4, 1 John as we stay in this letter, verses 9 through 10, as we close. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And the word might, the reason why the might is there is because it's a choice that you have. Verse 10, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We love God because he first loved us. How did he love us? He sent Jesus.
to die on the cross. I don't know, I don't know your story. I don't know everybody's story in here. I definitely don't know everybody watching online. But God knows your story. God knows what you've been going through. And some of those things really aren't your fault. But I know this. Jesus gave his life for you so you can walk in new life with him. You could say goodbye to the old ways. You could say goodbye to walking in the darkness, in the ways of the world. And you can say, I trust in you, Jesus. I believe you died on the cross. I need you. I need you in my life. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to give you a couple of things that we can, that we can walk away from. Number one, a couple of challenges. Number one, if you have accepted Christ as Savior, and if you, find, if you have found yourself, maybe there's something here today that we've read and we talked about in God's Word, and you have found that, you know what, Pastor Frank, I think there's a little bit of darkness. I think there's a little bit of darkness. I think I've been walking in a little bit of darkness. I think I've been walking in little ways of the world. And if that is you, just make the commitment. Just tell God the Father, I'm, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Fill me with your light. Fill me with your love. I want to show love. I want to be real with my love. I don't want to be fake. I want to be real with my love. No strings attached. That's the kind of love I want to lead with. So just make that commitment to him right now that you're going to walk in the light, you're going to obey him, you're not going to walk in the ways of this world, and you're going to put your love to action. And if you're here today, if you've never accepted Jesus as Savior, I definitely read a scripture just a moment ago that talks about how Jesus died for you, and he loves you so much. And all it takes is you inviting him into your life and loving him in return. Asking them to forgive you of your sins. If you have not done that, whether you're here today or walking or watching online or, or listening, just repeat these words after me. Say, Jesus, I believe you came to this world to die for me. Please forgive me my sin. Please come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Thank you for loving me and help me to love you and show love to others. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you have prayed that prayer of, of, of just that salvation prayer of inviting Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life. By the way, the last two Wednesdays, we've had, uh, we, uh, we've had a student. Uh, a different student come and, and pray to receive Christ as Savior. Uh, and so God is, God is moving in our church and our youth group and beyond. And so if that is you, you're not alone. Okay, we're getting ready to have some baptism. We're going to bring a baptism tank out here in the next few weeks and have it here because it's a little cold now <laughs> at, at Terminus. All right. And so, um, but if you accepted Christ as Savior, if you did that, if you're watching or here, you can just let me know in the front lobby or send me an email at uh, frank at lakepointonline.com and just let me know. I'd love to hear about it and let you get started on the journey. But you don't want to miss next week as we talk about the, the, uh, the fourth thing in... Um, 
and how to be real, and that is with our faith. How can we be real in our faith? You don't want to miss it, okay? All right, love you guys, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much.